VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. I'm Erica Ducey. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the VinePair Podcast. And Zach, uh, I hate to kick it off on sort of a somber note, um, but we did, we, we, Eric and I wanted to sort of tell you how, how bummed we were to see today that, uh, that I guess Tom Douglas restaurants are shuttering for the foreseeable future. I know that's where you're the, the wine educator. Um, I know it's getting a little bit more dicey in Seattle with coronavirus right now. So I hope you're doing okay. Wanted to sort of check in on you, make sure we, we showed you some love and sort of, and, and heard how you're doing. Thanks. Yeah. Um, boy, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting few days and, and a little over a week, really. Um, I have to say I was sort of afraid and, uh, and then eventually kind of, uh, reconciled to the fact that this was going to happen, um, before the announcement was made. Uh, I, you know, just to give every, uh, the listeners a sense, um, our business company wide was down somewhere between 80 and 90% over the last week from where we normally would be. Wow. And, wow. Um, you know, just no business can really afford to operate in that kind of space. And, and restaurants in particular are not, you know, very few of them are set up to, to, to operate when you are dealing with a, a, you know, with no business, you know, no one's coming in, no one's ordering dinner, no one's getting drinks, no one's getting bottles of wine. You just can't, you can't do anything. You can't pay people, you can't buy product, you can't keep the lights on. Um, and so, yeah, we will be, um, I guess by the time you all hear this, we will have done our last services, uh, the night before, uh, Sunday night, the 15th, and we will be closed for, I mean, the, from what I've been told, the plan is a minimum of two months. And a lot of what happens after that is dependent on what happens in Seattle and what happens in this country and, and what is going on. Um, I'm certainly hopeful that, um, after that two month period or, or, you know, some amount of time that, some or all of the restaurants reopen, but um, I, no one at this point can know. And, um, you know, regardless, uh, I think it's going to be something is going to have to be different. You know, I just I don't think it's going to be like, oh, back to back to business as usual. I mean, that would be great, but um, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I think that's all that likely. Um, and I think the other thing I would say um, and, and not to I guess this is kind of starting off on a, on a down note and, and we do have some some upcoming, I promise. But um you know, for for all the people who are listening to this, who are in the industry, um, either directly working in restaurants and bars, or work on the distribution or supply side, you know, it, it's it's you got to be careful. You got to and and from a public health perspective, but also from a personal and financial perspective, like it, we're nothing uh, at a minimum. This is going to be a disruption, and and I don't know that the extent that um, things in Seattle are closing down will be a uh, countrywide phenomenon i certainly hope not but you know we c- we can all see what's happening in places like italy and you know it's just it's it's hard to know at this point um what will happen and you know you've got to be you know as best you can prepared and it's rough because this is an industry that uh, for the most part doesn't have a ton of people in it who have you know robust savings accounts and and lots of options so you know better better as best you can be prepared um i would at least try and um and if not you know we I know there are a lot of people who are um, hopefully going to be looking to um, support and um, and protect the, the the particularly vulnerable people uh, in the uh, restaurant and, and beverage industry and and um, you know that we are we're all in this together I guess is what I would say um, and I hope that you know my fate is not your fate but um, but it's you know it's important to all try to come together when we can and uh, this is a challenge that I don't know that we've that we faced certainly not in a long time. Um, 
How are you guys? <laughs> I'm yeah. sick of talking about myself. Good, good. Uh, you know, we're we're hanging in there. It's. Um, I mean, I have to say, in in New York, uh, we've seen restaurants kind of uh, emptying out in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, and um, some restaurants even closing down for um, uh, an indeterminate amount of time. Um, I did want to mention for all of our friends in the industry and anyone who's interested in really understanding how the coronavirus is impacting the drinks industry that we do have a live blog up on vinepair.com and we will be tracking up to the date, uh, up to the minute, breaking news there. The URL for that is vinepair.com slash coronavirus dash drinks dash industry. Uh, and we'll have a, a link for it on our homepage as well so that you can find it and stay up to date with what's happening um, around the country and around the world. It's really crazy. So I think, um, you know, so not dwell too much on the the specific virus since that has that was a subject that we talked about last uh, last week, but instead talk about sort of what is happening now uh, to most of us, which is uh, social distancing, right? So this idea of trying to stay home as much as possible. Um, and so with that, we thought we'd talk this week a lot about consumption at home and uh, a bunch of, you know, advice for getting through all of this, because I think one of the biggest things that we can sort of miss when these things happen is that that connection of being able to go to a bar and have a really nice drink and treat yourself. Um, and I do think that uh, the consumption will continue to stay probably high during this, uh, especially because even when you look at um, what is being closed by counties who are forcing these mandatory closures, a lot of it is the stores not closing are the the, alcohol, the liquor stores and the, the grocery stores right, where you can buy beers, wines, and spirits. Um, so I think a lot of people probably will still venture out of the house once in a while to, to, re, to restock up as they're staying at home. So uh, one of my thoughts first was like, I mean, you know, sitting across from me is someone who wrote a cocktail book. So I think, Erica, like, what are your advice for people who are trying to make simple cocktails at home? Like, what should you have on hand if you're preparing to start staying at home for a prolonged period of time so that you can whip up some cocktails that you um, are used to normally drinking out at a bar? Yeah, I mean, I'd say one of the best things to do if you are going to be stocking up for the long haul is uh, get some of the staples. So, um, you know, if you are uh, think if you're a Negroni drinker, you can also translate that into a Boulevardier or a tequila Negroni or any sort of that template. So, you know, the template for a Negroni is uh, three equal parts, gin, Campari, and sweet vermouth. Uh, you swap out the uh, gin for, uh, you can either do whiskey, one type of whiskey or another, if you like rye, if you like bourbon. So swap that out for the gin. If you like tequila, swap in uh, tequila and then keep the equal parts of Campari and sweet vermouth. So, you know, that is um, a type of cocktail that does not require citrus, does not require you running to the grocery store to try to stock up. I think other classic cocktails that don't require, um, you know, citrus or a lot of other um, kind of uh, fresh ingredients, you know, you've got martinis and Manhattans and old fashions. Um, so I think, you know, look to the classic cocktails or to the ones that don't require a lot of fresh ingredients if you're going to be at home for a long time or, you know, stock up on, on uh, as you're going to the store and, and getting ingredients. Um, you know, a bag of lemons, a bag of limes can get you through a lot of cocktails. <laughs> so basically bag of lemon, bag of limes, maybe a sweet vermouth, a dry vermouth. And a couple of the core spirits. And that's it? Yeah, I think that'll that'll take you pretty far. Bitters too. 
Uh, you got to have bitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angostura for sure, but, you know, Regan's Fees, uh, you know, all of the all of the other orange bitters if that's what you're into. Um, but, you know, I think there's also you, you're going to want to look to some cans. You may want uh, some, you know, some bottles of wine. Like you, I do some stocking up now. I'd say before there are shortages, before there are mandatory closures in place, uh, it's probably a good time to go to the store. Zach, what are you going to stock up on, man? Well, not wine because I've been spending my last 15 years stocking up on wine. So I think we are pretty good at my house, thankfully. Um, but I actually think, you know, to, to Erica's point, I actually think it's a great opportunity to, if you are the kind of person who doesn't want to f- uh, completely forego fruit in your drinks or you are not someone who likes, you know, just pure spirit forward cocktails, um, it's a great time to think about doing stuff like um, you can make syrups you can make uh you can do some infusions and and frankly like lemon and lime juice freezes pretty well it's not like i would say fresh is best but you know we're probably going to be in a situation to some extent where uh you know best is maybe uh we, we can't let be- uh, best be the enemy of good and so if you are going to go buy those bags of lemons and limes you can always juice them and freeze some of the juice um i like to use ice cube trays because they work super easy to pull out just a small amount um you can kind of control portions real easily that way and um Having that kind of stuff on hand will make it a little easier to make if you are, uh, you know, a margarita drinker or you want to have a Greyhound or something. You can be, you can have still have those drinks to some extent. Um, I think that you know the the biggest thing for me that I was thinking about in terms of what would I want to stock up on, um, and it is kind of the 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 easiest thing for me to think about is you know like now is a great time if you uh if you can you know go go buy some cans or bottles of uh beer from the from the local breweries that you that are around you like they can you know they're probably not hurting the way restaurants are but they're probably not doing great themselves and that's a product that you know you may not be able to find in your local grocery store or not as easily and and you're going to appreciate having you know some some nice beer on hand um if you are you know in your house for a couple weeks uh whether uh that is um voluntary or not and I think there's, um, you know, uh, there, there's a lot out there. Most parts of the country, you should have a craft brewery or two near you. They probably have product that's, like I said, in cans or bottles. I mean, you know, growlers work, but their shelf life is pretty limited. So, so stuff that's packaged a little more might be a good idea. Um, and again, you know, you can, you can, you know, you can devote a little bit of time and resources now to making sure that uh, that you can, you know, you can still have a a, a little bit of a, a drinking experience at home, uh, even if it's not the full range of options that we're used to uh, in our day-to-day. Agreed, agreed. I would just encourage everyone who is drinking at home to practice uh, moderation. So I think what one thing that can happen a lot at, when any of these things happen is like we tend to drink more than we normally would because like, yeah, it's the weekend. And I think uh, in this case, this will last much longer than one or two snow days will. <laughs> and like having the, the snow day parties or the hurricane parties or whatever, you know, probably not the best idea here. Also, just because, and I know that not to be the biggest downer, but like, you know, you want to keep your immune system up somewhat, right? So like, keep yourself, give yourself a fighting chance. So, so Erica, like what, what other cocktails would you recommend people make and what glassware should they have uh, on hand? Yeah, for all the classic cocktails, I'd say that I typically go with a rocks glass or an old-fashioned glass, and that's really because I've got kids at home. So sometimes, you know, those Zalto glasses or the big coupes or martini glasses. Did you just throw out that you have Zalto glasses? I I do love my Zaltos, (laughs) but those are for when those kids are in bed. (laughs) So, yeah, 
for the for any type of classic cocktail, I mean, at home, I I really am not going for an up glass. I mean, for a martini, okay, yes, I'll do it. But for a Manhattan, I you know, it's a little controversial, but I do love a Manhattan in an old-fashioned glass with a big piece of ice, one big piece of ice. How I'll do it is uh, put it in a stirrer glass and cool it down over some ice um, and then pour it over that big piece of ice. And uh, I can nurse that for half an hour and be totally happy, not too much dilution. It's my favorite cocktail. That is awesome. But I also do love that we just uncovered that you're bougie. <laughs> Wait, is that a surprise to anyone? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, she's just like casual. like, my, well, my Zalto glasses. I don't bust those out, you know, unless the kids are asleep. Only Man, one casualty so far. Dude, I don't have Zalto glasses. <laughs> do you have Zalto glasses, Zach? Uh, I do not. I have some, we have some nice Riedels that we were given uh, as wedding presents, but uh, no Zaltos as of yet. I find them, they're almost too delicate. I, even though I know they're actually pretty sturdy, I just... They're like so thin. I, I I don't know. I just worry that they're going to like crumble in my hands. Yeah, Erica, do you put them in the dishwasher? I do not. I hand wash them. And is it weird if I say that my husband is not allowed to use them without permission? <laughs> He's not. Wait, no. Okay, but I, okay, okay. Now I find this even weirder because we're gonna we're gonna get super personal here. But like, your husband is a very skilled artisan potter who makes some of the best dishware, and you don't trust him to touch the zaltos. They're so delicate. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> How many do you have? Like four. Uh, no, I got six. Well, five after you, casualty. Oh my! I mean, they are. I mean, they are beautiful. But yeah, I'm like so. Naomi, my wife, is like all about just like throw it in the dishwasher. So we have uh, Italesi's, which are like they're they're nice. They're from Italy, but they're like Zalto ripoffs for sure. And I don't care if they break. We sell them on VinePair.com in case you're curious. Uh, <laughs> and then we have like yeah, a, a, like a, a set of glassware that we must have gotten for our wedding. I've always wanted Zaltos, but I've always thought I'd break them. Yeah. They break. They break. They break. <laughs> but then you have like Psalms, that's all they use. So, yeah. Anyways, super tangent, but I love that we just got into glassware like really hardcore. Um, I'm glad that I also have my rocks glasses ready to go uh, for whatever I want to drink. Uh, Zach, what cocktail are you going to make? Now, because since you said you're not gonna, you're not gonna drink wine, since you have a lot on hand already. <laughs> well, I will be drinking lots of wine, but when when we do opt for cocktails, you know, I, I think uh, actually Erica's Manhattan idea is a good one. We drink a lot of Manhattans or Manhattan variants at home because uh, that's generally my wife's preference is uh, whiskey based cocktails. Um, but you know, I've been I've been really thinking like you know, this is going to be a, an opportunity for me personally to maybe play with like I, I don't know about how it is for you guys. I have some like bottles that are that have been kicking around um, my house, my bar for uh, longer than I care to admit. And it might be an opportunity for, frankly, for lack of a, anything else to do to, uh, to play around with trying out what, what I can make with like Cavados and stuff like that. Cause I just don't generally open or opt for those spirits. Um, you know, when I'm having people over or, or when, you know, we're just, my wife and I are just having a drink at home, but you know, at some point I probably should drink that. And, uh, and it might be time to do a little research on some, uh, Cavados based cocktails or, or other spirits like that, that I just, you know, Akavite, I've got some bottles of Akavite that well, frankly were given to me and I, I've never really even touched, but but, you know, it might be a drink everything kind of moment. Not all at once, I should say. But, you know, it might be the time to uh, to start kind of figuring if I can, you know, put some of those spirits to use. Uh, so it may be uh, an experimentation period. <laughs> I do think it's, like, definitely one of these, like, times where it is to, like, open that bottle. Yeah. You know, like, like what else are we doing? Exactly. You know, if we've got to be home and you've been, you've been saving a bottle, like, it, we might as well open the bottle with the people that you're stuck at the home with. 
Um, we're also big fans of like, we're, you know, if you are home, we have some friends that maybe have to be stuck in their apartments alone. We've told them they can come to us. I think like it, that's, I think what's also freaking people out a lot. It's just this idea that you could be by yourself mm-hmm. for the next few weeks, which is really shitty. Um, so yeah, if you have friends, ask them to, to have you over, <laughs> maybe bring them some alcohol and just hopefully stay with them. Um, cause yeah, this, these are, these are crazy times guys. These are crazy times. Yeah. I think that isolation, the mental health impact of that is probably going to be pretty extreme in some cases. I mean, that loss of a social dynamic, I I'd say I go out to restaurant bars, you know, five, five nights a week. Like, what do I do? Right. Not to mention those kids at home. I mean, come on, three <laughs> weeks at home with some kids. Like I, you know, I may be doubling up on cocktails a little bit, uh, but or giving them cocktails so they fall asleep. Exactly. You know, like mother little helper um but what are we what are we gonna do with all of that time i mean i think yeah get creative i mean some you know side projects like are there any long writing projects that you want to do maybe now's the time to start maybe brew beer oh yeah that's, that's a, a great idea. idea i hadn't i hadn't thought of that but the one i had thought of was and in sort of uh, to come back to this idea of being prepared is i think a really good thing for some people to think about doing is you know talk to friends family whomever and maybe you all go and buy six or 12 of the same bottles of wine, and maybe you can't all get together to drink them, whether that's for uh, safety sake or just people are in various parts of the country. But there's no reason you can't have an online wine club. And I think it would be really fun to, to like I said, buy six or 12 of the same uh, wines as a, a few friends or family members. And, you know, maybe every one, you know, one night a week you or, or a couple nights a week, you you know, do a some sort of video chat and you open the wines and you taste them and talk about them. And that might be more fun to do in person. But but for the time being, I, I think it is a really important uh, thing to mention that, uh, like um, Erica was saying, you know, we are all and you know, I think all three of us are because of, you know, our own dispositions and our, you know, what we've done for a living. You know, we may be more impacted by that lack of, of social uh, contact uh, than some, but I think everyone is going to, to some extent, need to communicate with and interact with, even if it's digitally with people outside of their, you know, family or roommates or whomever they happen to live with. And, and a a sort of an online uh, wine tasting group could be a a fun way to, or beer tasting or whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the drink of your choice is, could be a really fun way to at least have some of that socialization, um, but do so in a way that, that also is, you know, more prudent given um, the current state of health. (sighs) I have to tell you, it's another good idea you came up with. Two for two. I mean, yes. I know. It's like two for two in 2020. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so not my year in so many ways, but in this very specific way, it's been my year. I know you had the rosé for the Valentine's Day, and now you're coming up with this like, you know, video chat wine tasting. And I'm like, damn, Zach's got some good ideas I wish I had. I wish that was my comment on the podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the bad news for you is that I edit these. So if, if it was the other way around, you could, uh, you know, just play with the audio. But uh, you folks are going to get the honest truth here, which is that it was my idea. <laughs> we're gonna, and we're going to be like, ah, oh, Zach. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. I love that because I think that is the one thing that we're going to miss. And then I really do think to reiterate, like, please, you know, whenever this gets done, hopefully sooner rather than later, be ready to go out and support the people who are going to have to reopen quickly um, and and try to, to save their businesses because it's it's going to be a little dicey for a few weeks as we try to navigate what this whole thing is. And look, I think the best thing that can happen out of all of this is that we all do follow protocol and you know it's not that bad. And then a bunch of people start saying, I told you so. We told you it was never going to be that bad. We told you it wasn't going to be a, ba- a big deal. Like That's actually the outcome we want. 
we don't want the other outcome. Like we don't want to be proven that it's going to be bad. So like, let's all do what we need to do uh, so that we, the outcome is I told you so. Yeah. Cool. That seems like a good idea. Sounds good. With that, let's end another edition of the Vine Pair Podcast. Hopefully next week we'll be recording again, but if we are all social distancing, uh, we will figure it out for you, our fine listeners, because you know you definitely need this podcast in your life while you're social distancing. But yeah, thank you again for listening so much, and we will see everyone right back here again next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please rate us or review us wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people discover the show. Now for the credits. The Vinepair Podcast is produced by myself and Zach Jabal and is engineered by Nick Patrie. We're recorded out of Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington, and also in our New York City headquarters. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and the rest of the Vinepair staff who help us conceive of the show every single week. Thanks again for listening.